0: Just after 11 a.m. Saturday, it is time for the Dr. Pain Show. Dr. Lou is here. one 55 Dr. Lou, that's the way to get a hold of our info at paincarecanada.com. Or your third option is to call in today till 12 right here. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell phone. The third option is the best option. You know, for now. like and you, immediate. Know, you
1: know what's nice about it? Once you call in with your issue, you'd be surprised how many people call me after saying, no, oh, yep. I have a similar issue to that yes. caller that you were talking to about, blah, 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 blah. So enlighten us. Yeah. yeah. Please. There's never a bad question. Never a bad question. I'm always interested to hear everything, even people who want to challenge me on things. Mm-hmm. I've had a couple calls, um, in the last few weeks on people trying to challenge me on my different points of views sure. of things. No problem. I'm happy to have an educated, c- critical conversation with anybody. I don't, you know the one thing that i that i like to say about healthcare is i i don't believe that we obviously we for sure don't know everything yet oh, like no. we we are we there is so much that we are going to find out that won't even be in our lifetimes yeah. right um and you know it's just a lot of those things that that we may think is absolutely ridiculous who knows maybe there yeah. is something about it i i'm not really sure like all we can really do is comment based on the the best evidence that we currently have uh, clinical experience, and then again, as I always say, whatever it is that the patient wants, because you can have something that all the research in the world supports. You've seen a hundred patients; all hundred patients do great with it. But if the patient says no, well, guess what? It's a no, yeah. uh, and and, that, and that's a, a big thing. But you know, that is that is our method um, is really trying to deal with people based on the best evidence based method that we have. Now, that doesn't mean I'm somebody that's completely you know against any type of alternatives or things like that. I always say if you're doing something and it's helping you with whatever your issue is, whether we can explain it scientifically or not, Mm -hmm. if it's helping you, so be it. The only thing that I am ever against is scare tactics. I don't like hearing about people that have gone to different places or different people where scare tactics have been employed, where they're talking about things that really make no sense whatsoever. Uh, But as long as it's like if you're getting a red flag and, and it's pretty incredible how many people I've had call me that say, you know, I've been going to this place, or I've been seeing this person, and this is what they're telling me, and I feel like it's a red flag. And it's like, well, are you still going to see them? Yes. Wow. Like, like if you if you got a sensation that there's a red flag or something's really not right, you listen re- to it. Yeah, listen to it. Like yeah. those gut instincts should not happen with somebody who is telling you everything up front. It it should really make sense. Anything in healthcare should really make sense to somebody. um, Even if it's a little bit out there, but as long as you're not being scared into anything, you're not being told something that makes you feel afraid that if you don't do it, you're missing out on something. Those are just scare tactics. That's all just guerrilla marketing type of stuff to get people in the door. And and that's my biggest pet peeve in, in the healthcare industry is hearing these things where people are are scared into doing something. You shouldn't be scared into doing something. You should be doing it because it makes good sense to you. And a lot of these things, I, I always challenge your healthcare professional as to why. Why are you doing this? Ask the benefits versus the risks. Also another big thing that healthcare professionals that I try to do with everybody is, if I'm gonna recommend whatever A, B, and C, I'm also gonna tell them that there's an alternative D, E, and F, right? right? It's just, so that they know there's other options. I will give them the answers to why I believe A, B, and C are the better options, but that doesn't mean that, you know, the other options don't exist. And it's very important that people know that. People should always, um, you know, we always talk about informed consent. People need to understand what's about to be done to them. Uh, They need to consent to whatever it is to be done to them. And consent is an ongoing process. So if you've had a procedure today and— Just because you signed a sheet of paper today that says, I want this done, and you go back tomorrow or the day after for another treatment, and all of a sudden you don't want that procedure and you tell... Your right. practitioner, that's a big thing. You have to communicate it, right? Because they're not a crystal ball. They don't know how you're feeling. But if you say, you know what? I don't want that again, then on, consent is an ongoing process. They right. shouldn't be doing it. Um, and, and legally, that is is very, very true. It's an ongoing process, and you need to make your practitioners aware of what it is you don't want and do want every single time. In fact, based on a lot of rules out there, you should the practitioner should actually be asking you every time, is it okay that we do this yeah. again today? Uh, now, I could see where a practitioner gets busy, and you may forget to always ask that. But I think a lo- the responsibility should also fall with the patients. If you don't want something or something is not helping, you need to communicate that. Um, you know, I it's, we we have meetings with, with our uh, practitioners all the time to just go over cases and things like that. Another thing that's pretty remarkable is how many times... We, we have a protocol in place that, you know, we, we follow up with people to see how they're doing. Like, if they haven't come back, like, what's the reason? We always want to make sure that our quality of care, our customer service is, is as good as it can possibly be. And, you know, sometimes people will, will say, oh, I didn't come back because, you know, I, I came two or three times and I wasn't feeling any better. And I don't think what was happening was working. And then I'll go look in the files and it's like patient reports they're feeling better. And it's, it's pretty remarkable how many people are afraid to tell their practitioners the truth. And I and I always why? found that really... I know you and I will sit here and say why, but the reality is a lot, maybe they don't want to disappoint the person. They don't want them to feel like you know they're being insulted, but it's not about insulting. You need to tell... And I tell everybody, no matter what, when I send them to someone else, no matter what, you have to tell that person the reality. If you feel worse, if you don't feel... Better, you need to let them know. It's very, very important that you communicate the reality of your situation. Because if you don't, how's that person supposed to know? How if you're telling them it's 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 one thing if you don't say anything, but even more, a lot of the times, again, it's remarkable how many times I see that person says that they weren't feeling better, but then I look at the charts and it's like, yeah, but they reported that you were feeling better. And I'll and I'll challenge people on this. I'll say, but you, you told the practitioner that you were feeling better. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, well, you know, I, I didn't want them to feel bad. And it's like, well, it's not about them feeling bad. No. It's about you getting better. Uh, and you need to report that because that's how people reassess. If you go back and see someone and say, hey, I'm feeling better, then that person is automatically going to assume, well, whatever I did last time clearly worked. Let's keep doing it because yeah. diagnosis through treatment. and. Yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible how many people don't want to tell the truth or not, I guess don't, not that they don't want to tell the truth, but they're. You know, there's an apprehension to make your, your healthcare professionals feel bad. It's not about that. You're not hurting anybody's feelings. And a healthcare professional should be professional. They've heard it, it before. Yeah, they've heard it before. And, and yeah. you know, I'm always happy to hear, hey, I'm not feeling better. That's not working. Okay, fine. Well, we got to change else? We got to change it up. Maybe we've got diagnosis wrong and we got to look back. And, and that's a big thing. I always talk about, you know, you're given a diagnosis, but there's also diagnosis through treatment because if your treatment intervention is working, then likely your diagnosis is right. Right.
0: 416-870-6400-640 on cell. Just getting warmed up. Lots of time to call in. You have health concerns, pain problems, bring them on. Dr. Lou is here to talk to you till uh, 12 o'clock today. Dr. Pain Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. 1112, Dr. Pain Show, 416, 416- yeah, 870-6400-640 on your cell. Issues, love to talk to you. Michael, good morning.
2: Good morning. How are you?
0: Good. How are you doing?
2: good things. I was just calling about to, to find out the, what the treatment is for a torn rotator cuff.
3: Okay. Um,
2: I was in a car accident, say, about eight years ago, and shortly after, I developed some... It was getting severe throbbing pain in my right shoulder. So I had an MRI, and it showed that there was a full thickness tear. Okay. But then, uh, you know, after just resting for a couple months, it went away and never had an issue with it up until last December, when uh, I reaggravated it, I don't know. I guess through working out and and so forth. And now it's just to the point where it's, uh, it's my shoulder is basically useless. I can't do any uh, pushing motion with it. Um, it's uh, keeping me up at night, and uh, I've lost the range of motion as well. And so I just had an, I just finished an MRI this morning, and I just want to know what the treatment is for uh, for a full thickness for a um, a torn
4: rotator
1: cuff. Yeah, and I guess the the big thing here because it's not as simple as just what is the treatment? It always very much depends on the circumstances around what what the tear is. And as an example here, like let's let's hypothetically say you get this MRI back and it says that your rotator cuff looks the exact same as it did when did you have the first one 8 years ago? Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So now the question becomes well, is it that tear that's actually causing your problem because if it doesn't look any worse, uh, and sometimes it may even look better, then how can we deduce that that's the reason? So, so, the, and that, and then again, that's hypothetical, right? Because we may very, you may very well get it back, and and it looks much worse, or there's something else there, and so that would give us a clearer answer. But a lot of times, what I see is is this type of scenario where someone's had a history of something, they've had an MRI, an ultrasound, whatever. You get a new MRI, new ultrasound, X-ray, whatever it may be, and overall on an image the the condition looks stable but their pain is much worse or or their symptoms are aggravated well then that's where i like one of the biggest things that we always talk about is correlation of what we see clinically versus with what's seen on imaging. And and a radiologist's job is to spit out everything that they see on that image. But a radiologist will also always say it, they need a history, and they need to correlate it clinically with what's going on in the patient. So it's the job of whoever ordered the MRI or whatever imaging modality to be the responsible person to correlate, okay, is what we're seeing on imaging the result of what we see clinically? And that doesn't always... Match up. So I would say that's step one, right? Is making sure that whatever it is you're feeling matches up with whatever we see on the imaging. That's always step one when I meet a patient like you. Step two is if it does match up and it is a torn rotator cuff, the question becomes you know, this is, you know, if you, I'm always, you know, of the opinion to try. Most conservative and least invasive all the way to more invasive and less conservative. So that usually means starting with things like physical therapy, passive yeah. modalities, progressing to rehabilitation. That's not working. Maybe injections, blah, 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 all the way up and until surgery. Now, that very much, again, again, depends on what we see. You've lost range of motion. You're saying that your arm feels pretty much useless overall it may be something else going on maybe you've got frozen shoulder developing i don't know i'd have to assess it to be sure uh but there's a lot of things that could be happening what i would say is once you have the results of the most recent mri it might be a good idea to come in see me for an assessment and that way i can do a physical exam on your shoulder and really get a sense okay is it correlating is what we're seeing matching up because again there's a lot of things that cause pain in the shoulder and i see this all the time where people say oh i was diagnosed with a tear on." Um, on imaging and then for fun sometimes i'll say is okay let's get imaging on the other shoulder and oh look they have the exact same type of tear or exact same type of degeneration so can you equate that that is the result of the pain probably not it might be something else it might just be a functional issue it might be because you use that side more you compensate in some way so you got to look at the whole picture so i guess you know, I've drawn out the answer, but the the, the simple right. answer is the treatment very much depends on the entire circumstance.
2: Okay. Well, I did. I have started started seeing an osteopath. Okay. And and she's
1: she
2: I mean, the the treatment is painful. It's not a it's not a cakewalk. But I mean, afterwards, I mean, she does loosen it up, and it does feel a little bit better. But
1: and again, have you been? Sure. Does she have any idea of a diagnosis? Does she think it correlates clinically with the imaging? Like
2: um to be honest with you i just i just uh i just recently i've only been to two appointments with her and i just uh sent her the report from the first mri okay. and, and yeah, so yeah i've i've yet to talk to her about it
1: mm-hmm.
2: but uh, i will do that but
1: and, yeah i uh, mean
2: when i get the new when i get the new report uh, I'll, obviously i'll forward that to her as well yeah
1: yeah okay,
2: so
0: sure. okay Oh, well, sorry, appreciate that, Mike. Uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Keith, how are you, pal?
5: I've uh, been better, sir. All how right. You, sir? I've been thinking of calling you for years, but I finally did. Good. What's up? Uh, I'm right now. I'm in Lindsay Hospital, and uh, for years I had goat. Uh, I've had goat since started in 96, so they put me on all kinds of stuff. I ended up on indomethacin. I think the doctor knows it. And it's just pretty well destroyed. Recently, we found out my kidneys. And then um, they did a kidney test on me, and you should be around a 90, and I was around a 6. So they have rushed me to Lindsay Hospital, and I hurt everywhere. And I want to know, is there some way I can stop this pain? I'm so sick of hurting since 96. I probably almost want to get a gun. So um, I finally broke down and called Dr. Lou here and see if he has any suggestions.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's obviously number one, very loaded, and it's going to obviously I'm not going to be able to answer what well, you can do the, over the phone. What
5: can I do for pain?
1: Yeah, and and it's again that that is a very you know when let, let's let's start from kind of the beginning here. We're we're dealing with something that's as old as 1996. You said, yeah, yeah. So I mean that that's a long time, right? That's 20 plus years of pain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So now you know, now even assuming terrible, if yes. we could. Just get rid of all the physical issues around that pain. Again, one of the things that's important to consider with pain is the neuropathic component, the component of the learned uh, behavior behind pain, how pain very much exists in the mind as much as it does in the body. And that is the part that's really, really difficult to deal with. In fact, we're, we're pretty good at dealing with acute pain in terms of a healthcare system and what we know, like you know someone sprains an ankle we we can get them out of pain pretty quickly it's really the chronic issues where we suffer and and it's, you know, I've gone, we've done a lot of shows on this. It, it's very much a multi-pronged approach. It's not one thing. And the other, the other important facet to remember here is that, is there a cure? I, 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 I would be lying if I said, yes, there's, it's management. If someone's diagnosed with diabetes, they often know that they're going to be on some type of medication for the rest of their life. Pain is very much the same things. You can target it from the physical perspective. And if we break down the physical perspective, we're dealing with things like, you know, the, from the chemical perspective with medication, from the physical perspective with maybe some type of therapy or multiple types of physical therapies, chiropractic, acupuncture, whatever thing. Maybe there's some type of bracing solution that's involved or um, a device to help, whether it's a walker. De- Again, depending, I don't know your whole history. I'm just kind of talking out loud here. Um, then there's the social aspect, right? Like, what people the people around you and how they feel and how they treat you very much is going to contribute to your psychology, and that's going to contribute to how you experience your pain. so you you have to deal with the relationships in your life uh, uh, from all different perspectives. Then you have to deal with how you see this pain right if you If you are someone that lets it take over your life, it will take over your life. If it's all you think about, it, it will equally be all you feel. And I'm not suggesting that it's easy to just say, well, I'm not going to think about it. But there are psychological ways and, and cognitive behavior therapies that can help to teach you how to start to break that a little bit. So, you know, is there an easy answer for you, Keith, where I could say, yeah, here's, you know, what you could do for your pain that you've been suffering with for 20 plus years? No. And if anybody tells you that, it's a lie. What I'm going to tell you is that it's going to take a lot on your part. And it's there's so many different things that need to be involved. Um, Stay on stay on the line, uh, Keith. We'll, we'll continue on the other side of the break.
0: Keith, we'll get back to you, and uh, we have room for you as well. On the phone lines, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Dr. Pain Show continues, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. It is 1123. Yeah, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. To call Dr. Lou, get your questions answered. Info at paincarecanada.com as well. And when the show is over, you want to... Uh, Contact uh, the doctor, one eight five 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 Doctor Lou drlou D-R-L-O-U.
1: Keith, thanks for uh,
0: thanks for hanging in, fella.
1: Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, Keith, uh, are you, are you kind of hearing what I'm saying? Like, is, is it making so sense? I,
0: know, I understand I have this forever.
5: I'm, I just don't want to hurt so much.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: Uh, I still do everything I'm supposed to do, but slowly, slower. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't believe it. In '73, I climbed up and put the light on top of the CN tower. Oh, no wow. kidding! Wow, nice. That's my claim to fame. But now I'm, I'm kind of slow. Mm-hmm. I don't. I understand I'll have it forever, and I have to treat it. But the drugs are hurting me. Mm-hmm. Right. There are some drugs that
1: are less harmful. Yeah. So, so I'm what?
5: I've been I... on hydromorphone, cement. Uh, I was on the fentanyl patch, and they took me off it because of all this mm-hmm. opiate scares. And I don't, I don't want the drugs. I want something less harmful.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, so one of the things that I would suggest is, and I get tons of calls about this, uh, about people on different types of medication, whether they want to be on more or less. What I always say is you got to talk to the people who initially prescribed it to you, uh, because they know the extent of your history. It's not as easy to just go to somebody new and say, get me off it, it, that can be just as dangerous as being on too much of it. Right. So you, you need to gauge that very, very meticulously, um, you know, and then there's other things to be considered, like, you know, medical marijuana as an example. Uh there's some very interesting stuff that's happening with the research around it, with pain management. Now the research isn't great. We don't know a heck of a lot, but obviously the 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 side effects of of that type of medication is is much, much less than, than what you get with the narcotics and the opiates. You know, is it necessarily a strong will it work as well? Again, it very much depends on. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but might be worth a shot. Um, Then there's other things. Again, going back to, you shouldn't only be thinking about what is it that I could take in order to feel better. It's also about the other things. Like, you know, as simple as, do you smoke, drink, how's your diet? Like, give me a little bit about yourself with regards to that.
5: I don't smoke or drink. Okay. Uh, I've lost 150 pounds this year. I used to be Good. 300 pounds. 150 pounds now six foot tall Yep, um i have a hard time eating because i I bring a lot of it up okay yeah in the last week i've had a lot of nausea
1: okay yeah and so so sometimes that is just as dangerous as being overweight right like you need you need to replenish your body's fuel system and if if you're not eating well because of how you feel then yeah that is also going to affect you and and you know, working with someone on how, like a dietitian, on how do I get around this? How can I keep the foods down? How can I get the nutrients that I need? There needs to be ways around that, and that's why chronic pain isn't something that one healthcare professional deals with. It's it's a it's a whole team of healthcare professionals dealing with your pain. Uh, you know, and again, in the form of like diet, uh, injections, medication, therapies. Uh, you know, psychological intervention, all of those things are very, very important. And so, I mean, it's a conversation for you and I to have obviously off the air about the extent of your, uh, of your case and have an assessment, and we can put together a plan for you, but these are not easy plans they're not they're not simple solutions i don't lie to anybody from the get go when it comes to chronic pain there's there's nothing simple about it um and and you know if you do if you want to do all of it minus one part it makes it work that much less like a lot of people are good with the physical stuff but once you start talking about the psychological they're like they don't buy it but i'm telling you that's if not more important, at least equally as important as the physical side of things, and I, again, I would argue it's it's more important because of how much your brain controls everything, and and you need to really control the mind in order to control pain.
5: Can I come and see you when I get out of this hospital? Yeah,
1: give me give me a call and we can set something up for sure. If I get
5: out, if I get out of the hospital,
1: hopefully, said, yeah.
5: I was near death. They made me come.
1: Well, best of luck to you, Keith. But yeah, absolutely. If you get out, please come see me. Keith one eight five five
0: five five Doctor Lou D-R-L-O, your info at paincarecanada That is a perfect example of how, over the long term, pain can not only become oh, a physical
1: thing, but it gets in your head. 50
0: in right?
1: Yeah, it just uh, it can just wear you down. Yeah, right? it's you know that's a person who's who sounds you know unfortunately destroyed, and and the reality is that is very very common. That's what that that's what people don't realize about pain right because it's like it's not one of those things that seems life threatening and i guess that's why there's not a lot of focus around it right like we, we have a heart and stroke foundation we have okay. the rides to conquer cancer you don't you, you have all those things cuz those are scary they're life threatening you don't have a lot around because you live with pain. You live with pain, right. but think about what it can do to you. Exactly. 416-870-6400,
0: star 640 on cell. You have pain concerns, questions, that raise anything in your mind. Bring it on. We'd love to talk to you right till around noon uh, this morning. Dr. Pain Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. 11.31, still a little less than a half hour to go. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Osteopath.
1: Yeah, so, so I want to just, I want to approach this subject very, very carefully because I don't want to obviously insult a profession mm-hmm. or, and I'm, this is, I'm just using osteopath as the example okay. because we got the call from the first caller with the, the shoulder issue saying that he had started seeing an osteopath about this. One, one thing that I would always, and again, I'm trying to think of a proper way to go about this, but... For anybody who's suffering from something, number one, I think it's very important to have a proper diagnosis. Not just an x-ray or an ultrasound diagnosis that someone told you is there and then all of a sudden you go somewhere else and you just get it treated. But I would also say always make sure you know the professionals that you're dealing with. What their credentials are, how much schooling they have, do they really understand this stuff? So let's take, for example, a profession like osteopathy, and I'm and I I have osteopaths that work with me. This is not something right. like I'm saying it doesn't work or it's not beneficial. Yep. It's incredibly beneficial. It's incredibly, uh, it's an incredibly important healthcare profession. But sometimes you get these standalone practices, and people just don't realize. There's not very good regulation around osteopathy in Ontario and in Canada. It's not like in the states where a, a do, a doctor of osteopathy is is a medical doctor. They are they're doing the exact same training, et cetera, et cetera. Here it is extremely different. um it's It's an osteopathic practitioner. It's a diploma. Mm-hmm. These schools are not, often not regulated. There's no regulatory body. They don't have good regulation in terms of even after. Uh, they finished schooling. And I just would be, I've met some osteopaths. Now, equally, I've met other professionals that don't know anything. But I've met people, like, you just, all I want to get across is be sure you know who you're going to was with good, your problem. Bad. Yeah, it, it might be better to go to someone who says, hey, go also. So part of our team, it's like, you know, you should also be seeing the osteopath for blah, 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 blah. But to just say I have an injury and I'm going there straight off the bat, I'm not saying is not necessarily the right approach. There might be... I've met osteopaths that are incredibly knowledgeable. They've done a ton right. of extra research. I just wanted to come across and say, make sure you know where you're going. Make sure the extent of the p- person's knowledge, how much schooling they've done, do they understand how to read an x-ray or uh, an MRI and truly extend, uh, understand how to correlate that. So, And that goes for any practitioner, yep. not just... Again, we have osteopaths in our team. They're incredibly important. I refer to them all the time. But there needs to be a way to properly... Um, a proper chain of command and proper uh, so management due diligence on your part, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank we'll you. Get, to a, uh, get to a call. John, good morning. How are you? Well, could be better. All right.
4: Yeah. So uh, like I said to the screener there, I was in uh, yesterday for a colonoscopy procedure, um, which was set up the week prior when I attended the hospital. Oh. Um, I had, like severe um, uh, abdominal pain. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was determined at the hospital by just uh, the um, drumming on the stomach and back, lower back area that, uh, well, you're constipated, right? And, uh, you know, uh, blah, 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 and we're going to set you up to go for a colonoscopy, but, you know, um, and the eMERGE doctor said, you know, try some Metamucil, which I told him hadn't worked for me before and caused other issues. But anyway, that was the long and short of it, so then went through the procedure with the uh, purge. And uh, my personal physician, when I saw him yesterday after the procedure, uh, I told him about it. And he said, you know, he basically uh, said that it was, uh, you know, because of that, the purge itself that I find myself today, that uh, I feel as though I'm being crushed internally. Okay. And I'm just wondering, is that, is that, is that something that would be normal, like a normal, you know, result from that that uh the
1: the you know the procedure yeah so i i'm not a gi specialist so you know i'll comment to the extent that i can i comment.
4: understand that yeah. uh, that's you
1: true. know after any procedure is some level of pain or a lot of pain possible yes absolutely it's still it's still something being done to the body i mean a colonoscopy is not not nothing they are shoving a tube through your body so you know it could it could maybe have releasing everything that's being built up change something yeah absolutely like once your your body very much adapts to its circumstances right so if you're very very constipated and it's gotten used to that over x amount of time all of a sudden it's used to that and then somehow you do something to really change that right away uh like the purge shocking it could be a shock to your body yeah although it's probably better for your body to not be in that state it's still some type of a shock so um you know is it normal i I, it's again it's hard for me to say is it is it absolutely normal for you? It doesn't sound like it would be abnormal for your body to feel that. I would encourage you, obviously, to, if it doesn't get better, or obviously if it gets worse, 911, but if it's not getting better, follow up. But, you know, this is still relatively new. I think giving it 48, 72 hours, and as long as things seem to be progressing in the right way, I would say that that's probably a good thing. But if at any point you don't feel right, I mean, you, you know your body better than anyone else. If you're not feeling right, then maybe you got to go to the emergent and get it checked out.
4: Because, like, uh, I, like I said, I went to my physician afterwards. I told them before the procedure that after the purge, I did feel <laughs> quite a bit better. Um, but yet that morning, or afternoon actually, it was uh, like at noon when the procedure was going down, I had this, like, not, it's not like, like, uh, like crazy that, you, you know, you touch the abdomen, but right at the uh, left side, under the rib, like at the rib cage mm-hmm. edge, mm-hmm. I had this like discomfort, like like a real discomfort, right? And, um, you know, it was like, it's probably more related to the fact of emptying out, you know, of the entire digestive tract, because I I would gather that's what the purge did.
1: Yeah, again, I'm not sure exactly what they did to you, but again, my my recommendation for sure uh, would be, you know, keep an eye on it. If If you're not feeling right, go back to whoever your team is that's done that this this is definitely not my specialty uh but you know again can, can things hurt after a procedure yeah absolutely but but I too, think right? but I think to to the extent that is expected if it's if it seems weird then I think you need to obviously follow up and get that checked out
0: we'll get to another one before we break Raven hello there hi how are you good what's going on with you
3: Um, Well, it's actually my husband. He's been having sciatica and uh, nerve pain for the Mm -hmm. last two years consistently. Um, The doctors and everybody said there's not much you can do with it, especially in regards to nerve pain. It's just something you have to tolerate until it gets better. Um, He's been on oxycodone, gabapentin, and everything. It just seems to get worse Mm
1: -hmm. instead of
3: getting better. I mean, what are options that he can possibly do? Because he's at the point where he's limping or dragging his leg.
1: So, so my question becomes, what's causing the nerve pain? So, you, you know, like, what's going up. on?
3: It just literally just starts up. Like, uh, last year, it was his left arm, and slowly over time, uh, we've done chiro adjustments, massage, and everything like that. He's taken time off work, months at a time. But uh, there's not one Has he ever
1: seen a neurologist?
3: he has we've seen a surgeon back uh at Sunnybrook and he said that uh it's not that bad for him to what, have surgery
1: what what is not that bad
3: the nerve pain
1: but but who was the surgeon what type of surgeon uh
3: he was a nerve he was a, a specialist to uh for nerves
1: a, a nerve surgeon or like a spine surgeon
3: nerve surgeon
1: mm-hmm. okay i i mean i for me the thing where where i would I guess where I would start is I would need to understand what is causing his widespread nerve pain. uh, Because that's how you can try to get to the bottom of, okay, how do you deal with this? So, you know, whether that is peripheral impingements due to tight muscles or something more centrally like a, a disc bulge or some problem within the spinal cord or is there something in the brain, which it doesn't sound like it based on the history and what you've seen. But again, that's what starts to pop into my head is I want to understand um, you got to pinpoint the issue, like w- where is this all stemming from. If it, if you don't find the initial point of where this is all starting, it becomes very very hard to treat because h- how you would treat a disc herniation that causes nerve pain is very very different than how you would treat a peripheral impingement that causes nerve pain is different than how you would treat you know diabetic neuropathy that causes nerve pain. So that that's more of the issue where I would want to investigate as what exactly is, is creating this nerve pain in your husband? Is it, what is it? You know, that, that becomes my question where nerve nerve pain to me is just like someone telling me I've had a fever for two years. It's like my next question would be, well, what's creating that fever? Like, you know, what, what causes that nerve nerve pain or neuropathy is a sign. It's a, it's a clinical sign. It's not, it's not really a diagnosis to me. So, um, you know, that, you know, and I I would say probably come and see me for an assessment and, and let's try to figure out, well, what is causing the nerve pain?
3: Exactly. He, yeah. I mean, we'd love to come and see sure. you. Sure. Yeah. Give me he's, a call. He's, he's, he's definitely been in this situation for the last four years. Okay. And uh, there's absolutely no one that can. And we've gone to the various specialists. In okay. Virgins, mm-hmm.
1: Well, let's, but let's. no one that can help. John knows the number.
0: Raven, thanks for the call. One eight five 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 five. Doctor Lou drlou Call that number and info at paincarecanada.com as well. More Dr. Bainshills on the way after a short break. Your phone calls to right here, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 1143, yes, Dr. Painchill, Look at that, Hey, eh? Just hitting the post. Nice. Settle down. Rockstar. 416-870-6400, star 640 oh, on He cell. hit the post. Again. He did, yeah. He did it. That's time, when, yeah, you radio on, basics. Then, yeah, Come on. Yeah. Come on, man. We'll talk about that in the The in radio segment, yeah. yeah. Hi, Margaret. Good morning. Good morning. How are you?
3: I'm fine, yourself.
0: Okay, what's going on with you?
3: Okay, on June 15th, uh, while in Calgary, I cut my thumb quite deeply. So went to a walk-in clinic and uh, received three stitches. Okay. About a week later, I'm, I'm now in BC, so the stitches were removed. So in that time, though, I am wearing a Band-Aid over the, the cut, right? Mm-hmm. So then, about a week and a half ago, decided to remove the band-aid, and when I do, the the surface skin separates. But if I put the band-aid on, because of the moisture, the skin goes back together, and this is what's going on. And I don't know why that's happening.
1: Have you gone back to see anybody about this?
3: Uh, I, I haven't because I've been on the go. But I,
1: I would, I would make time for it. I would make time to go find somebody and, and get it looked at properly. Like, I mean, it's it's an open wound that sounds like it's probably not healing the right way. Um, and, you know, that, that very much can increase the risk of some type of infection to develop. And, you know, although the thumb, you know, or finger seems like a small area, a bad infection, if not treated, can spread. So, I mean, I, I understand you're on the go, but I would say make the time, go somewhere like right now, today, uh, and go get it looked at by, you know, a walk-in doctor, an emergency room, whatever it is, and make sure that everything looks good. And if it needs stitches again, maybe that's the route you got to take.
3: Okay. Thank you very much.
0: No problem. Thank you. Appreciate that, Margaret. 416 870 star 640 on cell to call. Talk to Dr. Lou. get uh, some questions or some beginnings of. Anyway, David, welcome. How are you?
6: Pretty good, Dr. Lou. How are you? Good. <laughs> okay. Uh, Dr. Paine, I got a question. Um, I uh I work at uh, the airport and my job uh, requires me to jump into a tug, hook up to an aircraft and tow it from wherever it needs to go, right? Okay. Cool. Yep. Now, and I've noticed that ever since I've been working with this particular tug, it's the only type of tugs that we use, um my left knee on the inner left side uh feels uh painful. So whenever I take a step forward, um or whenever i I have to uh jump into the tug or get off there's some pain there, and I notice that when I'm off for four days it does uh, it does go away, and then it gradually comes back when uh when I get back to work okay, and so by the fourth day it is painful, yeah so uh, so
1: you know the aggravating what the yeah, aggravating I, activity is yes, okay
6: uh, um, how would you suggest I would turn around and try and mitigate that or try to keep that uh, pain from reoccurring? Is there, would there be a method or is there so, something?
1: So that- I, although you're explaining to me exactly what you're doing, I, I can't really visualize it. So it's a, I don't have any you know, background in that area. So I would say maybe come see me. We can go through kind of like you can walk me through exactly what it is you're doing and we could see if there's a way to modify it or change it um, so that it's not aggravating it. Or, I mean, you said something where you said there's a new tug versus – do you still have access to the old tugs at all? Uh, They've been trashed. uh, Oh, they've been – so So this is the new equipment. Yeah. So, I mean, we'd have to try to modify your work. And, you know, we actually do this. We have a division of our team that does this for employers. Now, it has nothing to do with you because you're you're not – you don't own uh, what you do, but – but where we look at what are the physical like it's called the physical demands analysis where we look at you know what is the demand that you put on somebody and then that then you do for the the other side the employee the functional capacity evaluation can the person meet the demands of the job and vice versa like is there a pre-existing history etc cetera, etc cetera. so we can do a mini version of that is essentially what i'm saying we're not going to go to that extent and, and and but you know you can walk me through exactly what it is you need to do maybe take some pictures uh bring it to me so that i can visualize it and then maybe we can come up with a game plan on how you do something to modify it is, is the biggest thing, and hopefully that modification is enough to remove that repetitive nature that seems to be creating your problem. All right, perfect. Okay.
0: Thanks, Dave. Appreciate that. It's one 855 55 D R L O U info at com. Sandro, hello there. Hi. How are you? I'm doing okay, I guess. Okay. What's going on with you?
7: Well, okay, so for about a year now, I've been having this pain in my right leg, radiates from my hip down to my knee, Uh, have trouble crossing my leg, went to the doctor, they took x-rays. They say you have mild to moderate arthritis in your hips and your knee. And I said, well, what do I do? And they said, just take (laughs) painkillers.
1: Okay, so let let me stop you there. Did the doctor move your hip around or move your knee, anything like that?
7: A little bit. I I have been going to a physiotherapist. Yep. And he's been doing laser treatment, electronic electro uh, Yeah. Um, so the biggest problem is the, the the pain in the hip isn't as bad, but he says, like my thigh, like I can't cross my leg. All the pains in my thigh, down in my inner, uh, And he says that's all coming from the hip joints. Okay. And, and I can't seem to get this muscle to relax. He says, you might have an issue with the IT band too. He's been trying to get the muscle to release. He puts a small little plunger on my thigh, and he pulls on it to try to get the muscle to
1: uh, relax. Yep. Okay. But,
7: so I don't know. It just doesn't really seem to be getting better. The only thing I can do exercise-wise is ride a bike. doesn't seem to bother me, but I can't even cross my leg to... Uh, Does walking bother you? Not too much.
1: Okay. All right. I can, I can walk. So, so what's your question for me, Sandra? How do I get this pain to go away? Step one, you got to come see me. I got, I got to, I have to see what's going on. Like you could tell me that it's that, but my job is to not just take anyone else's, uh, you know, opinion until I see it and correlate it clinically because, you know, it could equally be from your back, right? Like it might not be your hip. If you have mild to moderate, how old are you?
7: Um, 59.
1: Yeah. Like mild to moderate osteoarthritis of the hip at 59 years old. To me, like just talking to you sounds normal, right? Like maybe I see the image and it's more than just mild to moderate, but not many people are going to get to 59 and and not have mild to moderate. I'm interested in how does that hip move around through what's called a scour of the hip, like moving it around and seeing, you know, does it have its full range of motion? That will tell me much more than just an image alone um and then you know looking at the need looking at the functional capacity maybe it has something to do with your gait there's so many different things that are going through my head that you know the only way for me to give you the proper advice is is to assess it and see for myself
7: okay how i'm in the falls how do i get to see you then? yeah
1: give me a call so i my team is across uh ontario but you'll have to come see me in etobicoke one time um one 55 doctor Lou, and then from there we'll book that assessment and uh And we'll go from there.
0: More of your phone calls after a short break as we get into 12 o'clock and wrapping up this hour of the Dr. Payne Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. 1152, uh, last few minutes of the Dr. Payne Show. Getting in your calls, love to. Dennis, welcome. How are you? I'm good. What's going on?
2: Um, I'm a type 2 diabetic. Um, I'm currently on metformin, and I noticed over the last year uh, I uh, developed neuropathy, and my doctor prescribed... Uh, vitamin B12 to to address it, but I uh, got numbness in both index fingers and uh, my left leg to uh, my midsection, mm-hmm. and my sensitivity to uh, heat and cold has been vastly diminished. i was just curious as to what the long-term prognosis is for nor- neuropathy.
1: What are your blood sh- What's your blood sugar like?
2: Uh, my blood sugars are pretty good, between anywhere between five and eight.
1: And that's your A1C, like, or or just daily measurements?
2: Daily measurements.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, the, so this is the perfect example, like, where just for other people, like when someone's calling, neuropathy is a clinical sign in this case, but we know what the, the, the root cause in Dennis is, being his type 2 diabetes. Um, I guess it's very hard, obviously, for me to say a general prognosis, right, because it very much depends on... On a lot of things individual to you um, how quickly has it progressed recently?
2: Uh, it's progressing mildly week to week so I can see it's uh, it's increasing but not significantly
1: okay and do you still have sensation? oh yeah yeah, yeah. you still have but it's more the the tingling sensations
2: uh, tingling and sometimes pain in my lid sections. Okay. I, when I'm showering, for example, I can really notice it.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I mean, it sounds like it's the start of it. The biggest concern with the the neuropathies is, yeah, unfortunately, you know, if you if you do a good job of controlling your blood sugar, then you should do a good job of controlling the 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 unwanted side effects of type two diabetes. One of them being uh, neuropathy. Um, you know, obviously, if you don't do a good job on that, then it could progress quicker. So that's the biggest thing: is really try to to manage your blood sugar as as well as you can. Um, the other thing to be concerned, like just a couple things, is with the neuropathy. Once people start to lose sensation, you know, especially in the feet, diabetics tend to like you might bang something and not notice because you've lost sensation. All of a sudden, there's an open wound. That open wound may get infected. So it's good practice to just have. You know, a loved one or someone that whoever you might live with or someone around you, just periodically check, especially your feet, things areas that would be more difficult for you, um, just to make sure that there's no wounds, nothing that looks open. Just because if there is, you obviously want to um, get that treated right away. But you know, again, it's very hard. The prognosis, it's a progressive disease, diabetes, so everything with it tends to progress um and and that's the unfortunate reality it just really comes down to doing your best to manage the blood sugar through you know the use of your medication your diet exercise and those types of things so you know it sounds like you're probably already doing those things i would encourage you just to continue doing them and maybe talk to your endocrinologist as well about the the neuropathy and and maybe get them to send you to a neurologist or someone that specializes in, in that issue for diabetes
2: is there other uh, medication besides vitamin B12 that could diminish the side effects of neuropathy?
1: well b B vitamins are very good for the nerve. so there so your doctor's just giving you that to help the the nerve function itself because b12 and other B vitamins are part of nerve tissue um, so that's not really a medication that you're taking you're you're taking a supplement to help. The only other thing once you get into nerve pain is you start to get into again things like the narcotics, the opiates um and, and those types of things the lyricas which are more psychoactive drugs I, I don't think that that's necessarily the best step to go because uh of the other side effects around that what it may do to your blood sugar et cetera, et cetera. but you know it's worth a conversation to be had with your doctor if you're concerned about it if there is other medication that they might think might be a good idea for you
2: well, well great thanks very much
1: no
0: problem Thank you, Dennis. Uh, you need uh, Dr. Lou's number anytime, one uh, Doctor Lou drlou info at paincarecanada.com. So there you go. Simple. A lot Simple. of stuff out there yeah. today.
1: Yeah, and, and again, when it comes to the free consultation over the phone these shows are the best example of what they're like. Like with Dennis, I'm not saying Dennis come in and see me. I'm just merely pointing him in the right direction. And I'm happy to do that for people. Um, And then other people, as you've heard me say is come in for an assessment. I have to look at it. Um, I had one person who called me and wanted all their answers this week over the phone. and was like, I I can't do that. Like, I I don't, I need to, to assess you. I don't, I don't, you know why you would even want me to give you answers is beyond me, but whatever. Um, but that's, it's, it's simple. It just starts with a phone call and email. Uh, we're going to have a quick chat if it's something that I believe that I'm well-equipped to assess. Or someone in my team. There might be people in my team. I may not necessarily be able to assess it, but maybe someone in my team might be. Um, it all starts that way. It's just a simple phone call with whatever your issue is. Uh, you know, again, we mainly tend to deal in the musculoskeletal issues, the, the muscles, nerves, joint pain, things like that. So, you know, we had a call today about the colonoscopy. Not the right person for that. Right. Uh, but you know, if you're concerned and you just kind of want to ask a question, you've listened to the show, you want my opinion. I'm happy to I'm happy to give yeah. my opinion. Yeah, for sure.
0: So we'll uh take it from there to get a, a hold of. If you haven't caught it several times throughout the show, it is simple 1855-55 Dr. Lou D-R-L-O-U, email info at paincarecanada.com. Till next time, Dr. Show, Global News Radio, six forty Toronto.